a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and a spring in your step. This might seem to describe the feeling of a truly happy and fulfilled person. What would you say that if I told you that you can go away from here this morning with just such a feeling and expression? You might say, well, if that happens, there's sure to be a mask I'm wearing because I have problems of conflict and grief. There's no way that my life can be set in order just by hearing a few positive words. There's no way. But the Greek philosopher Zeno said, the most necessary part of learning is unlearning our errors. We study the truth by reading and listening to lectures and by working with concepts within ourselves. But the process does not involve the accumulation of definitions and phrases. As I often say, True learning is what remains after you've forgotten all you read or heard. Think about that. The unlearning is what true study is all about. A typical example is the deeply embedded belief that happiness is caused by pleasant and fortuitous conditions. This happened and that happened, so I'm happy. It seems apparent that something did happen to make you happy, a physical overcoming, a financial windfall, a successful conclusion of an important project. I want to challenge you this morning to turn this belief inside out and upside down. It's a matter of taking charge of your life. You're not at the mercy of people or conditions. Thus, you need not give them the power over how you think and feel and act. If you're discouraged or sad or fearful as you confront the challenges of your experience, it's because that's how you've chosen to respond. You always have a choice. You may not be aware that you're making that choice. Something within you chooses to be sad or to be happy. And you can choose to be happy to be confident, to be secure. Of course, this calls for a lot of discipline and patience and love and practice, practice, practice. Every morning of your life, you awaken to a new day. You may look out upon your world by the window of television or the morning paper or through conversations with people at your office. And every morning you're confronted with the crisis. This word crisis is an interesting word. In translating it into the more complicated Chinese language, the word crisis is defined by two words, danger and opportunity. Viewing the world in the morning is dangerous because you may see tragedy and pain and hunger and violence and mistrust and gloom everywhere. Add to this the weather report, the market returns, the ominous moods of your associates. You have a lot of grist for the mill of worry and anxiety. But the crisis of the day also spells opportunity. Life is for growing. 
in the very thing that seems to harass you and keep you from your good. There's a constant stream of opportunities for growth. So obviously there's much unlearning to do. Discovering that you can stand tall in any situation. That no one or no thing can ever keep your good from you. Remember that wonderful oldie, Singing in the Rain? That classic dance scene in the movie with Gene Kelly splashing rhythmically through the storm? You can learn to sing in the rain. To work through the changing scene of your life in poise and equanimity. When you're going through some obviously painful experiences, you may be referred to as putting up a brave front. He's putting up such a brave front and facing all those problems. That does not adequately describe what you're doing and what we would like you to see you doing. It's not just putting up a front. It's knowing that your life is lived from within out and holding firm to your inner center no matter what may be happening around you or to you. When you begin to walk steadily in the light of truth, you find that you can actually experience a smile on your face through the good days and also those that seem to be under dark clouds. More than this, you begin to see that the smile, song, spring response may actually be a strong influence in causing the conditions that you're feeling elated about. And this calls for an unlearning of the widespread perception that when this happens or that changes, then I'll be happy. The implications of this are unbelievable because it means that there is a joy potential that is ever within you, a divine fire that never burns out. You never need something to be happy about. Your happiness will depend not on conditions, but on your response to them. As Lincoln once said, a person is about as happy as he makes up his mind to be. In any situation, you have the power to rekindle the eternal flame. Incidentally, this is what Paul's threw up the gift of God within you means. Rekindle the eternal flame at the center of your being. One woman made the discovery of this innate joy potential, which came to her as a healing wellspring. She had been chronically ill and was also burdened by some extremely difficult financial problems. In her reading, she encountered the phrase, until you are happy, you'll be neither healthy nor free. Until you are happy, you'll be neither healthy nor free. This disturbed her. She lashed out in anger at the page. How can I be happy with all my pain and trouble? But the words kept running through her mind. Eventually, desperate to do something, she decided to give it a try. She worked diligently on the idea that joy was a cosmic fire within which she could rekindle. Gradually, with little reason to outwardly justify it, she began to feel happy. And the happier she felt, the stronger and healthier she became, giving even more reason for happiness. As her joy increased, her disposition improved, her strength gradually returned. Before long, she had completely recovered. And there was an unexpected and very adequate settlement of her financial dilemma. 
the dramatic transformation that happened to this woman started when the moment when she realized, until you're happy, you'll be neither healthy nor free. Some might say, that's naive, that's Pollyanna. Whatever you call it, it's the means whereby this woman released the healing flow. Perhaps you can just see the smile of gratitude that comes across your face. Science and medicine are slowly catching up to metaphysics. As reflected in the feature article that some of you may have seen in the New York Times science section a couple of weeks ago, it told of some recent studies that indicate that a smile actually has a distinctly organic effect on the body. Just by turning up the corners of your mouth and breaking into a smile, you cause readily identifiable effects on the heart, the pulse rate, and the blood flow to the brain. This was the conclusion of some of the research that has been, been done recently. The implications are that facial expressions are not just the visible sign of emotions felt, but they actually contribute to the feeling itself. This is an extremely interesting discovery because it supports the often used truth idea that you can act as if a condition were manifest, visualizing its unfoldment in vivid detail you tend to experience the movement toward that end. As we so often say, go through the motions, and you come to experience the corresponding emotion. Researchers have also proven that our brain and nervous system cannot tell the difference between a real experience and one that is simply imagined. So you can put on a happy face in the morning. It will tend to unfold for you the kind of experiences you deeply desire which you erroneously thought were the means by which you would be happy. Let the corners of your mouth turn up into a smile. You might think about that right now. Let your mouth turn up into a smile. Feels good, doesn't it? The interesting thing is, as the scientists are telling us, that smile, just the very act of turning up the corners of your mouth, actually causes something to happen in you. Not only to make you happy, to pour into your system an energy which may do tremendous dramatic things in your life. I'm interested in giving acting lessons to act as if you have a smile, becoming a good actor. For it's true that many unsuspecting students of truth are lured into the act-as-if technique, which may become the practice of sham and artificiality. I'm not trying to put a face on, a mask that covers up everything. The need is not something you put on, it's something you release from within. When you're knowing the truth, you're not putting on a mask. More realistically, it could be said that you're removing a mask. So your affirmations and statements of truth are true of you, which is why you affirm them. You do not become true because you affirm them, but because you act the part. Yet what the researchers have proved, what we have long held to be true in our Sunday experiences here, is that if the corners of your mouth turn up into a smile, you will immediately feel better. You have established a conduit through which 
the joy of the Lord be manifest in your life. The joy of potential may flow forth with its healing, energizing, uplifting influence. So the smile is not a reaction to conditions and experiences. Rather, it is a causative force, a projection of inner light that has a profound influence on the world around you. And don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that you start a day grinning and you go through the day grinning like a Cheshire cat. Walk into the office grinning like that and your co-workers will probably say, what's wrong with you? What do you have to be so happy about? Obviously, you'll need to restrain yourself in the way you express your exuberance. Let your eyes smile as you greet people. Let your voice smile with a feeling of joy. Let your hands smile as they're extended in friendship and love. You see, the beautiful thing is the realization that you don't have to have things to be happy about. You can be happy at any time because that's what you want to be. The happiness behind the gentle smile flows easily from your joy potential. Actually, it could be said that you're happy because you're happy. The happiness and the smile on your face is its own reason its own cause. And closely related to the smile on your face, and probably going hand in hand with it, is what we're calling the song in your heart. Can you recall a time when something wonderful happened to you? A job promotion? Remission of some organic ill about which you'd been given a prognosis of no hope, which you're now told is completely healed? Perhaps you've just received a proposal of marriage a final decree of divorce. <laughs> and your heart is singing. Let's think a little bit about that song in your heart. Did the song originate in the wonderful things that have happened to you? Is it just a response to conditions? Was it the subtle singing in your heart that radiated the vibration that helped to attract those things? In other words, you're singing within by choice, even as you can keep yourself in tune with the ununiversal symphony. Victor Hugo describes the bird that pauses for a while and bows too slight, yet sings, knowing it has wings. Can't you visualize the picture of that bird sitting on a shaky twig, perhaps on the edge of a waterfall, and the twig is bouncing up and down, and the bird is totally oblivious of any danger singing his heart out because he knows who he is. Life is a song of self-realization. Like the bird on the shaky twig with confidence in its wings. So when you find yourself in a difficult experience, whether it's hostility or anger or injustice, you can still sing with joy in the awareness that you're in tune with the song of the universe. The singing of the bird is actually an overflow of the symphony of life. He's completely in tune with the unity of the whole creation. And Hugo says, be like this bird. The Oriental poet puts it, if you keep in your heart a green bough, there will come one day to stay a singing bird. When you keep within your heart the green bough of faith and expectancy, you'll experience the eternal song of fulfillment. God is singing his song through you. 
the song of life, the song of love. How could God sing of anything else? As you let this melody sing itself through you, the pattern of your life becomes varied, innovative, beautiful, interesting, and creative. It is in all ways you. You are completely in harmony with the whole of creation. There's no competition, no strain, no fear that someone else will sing your song and take away that which is yours. The psalmist makes great use of this song in the heart metaphor. For instance, I will sing a new song to thee, O Lord. But even as Jesus said, the Father worketh until now and I work. So God sings his song in you, but you must sing. As one writer says, most people die with all their music in them. So the song of the soul is left unsung. Without that song, life becomes hardly bearable. The important thing is to be still and listen. Then sing your song of life with love and joy. All too often there's a distortion within us. We become so concerned and so caught up with the problems of our life that we harp on the same old tune. But the song of God singing you is ever new and vital and vibrant. It's an affirmation that has been helpful to me through the years, reminding me that I must be open and receptive to God's new song that sings from within me. God has put a new song in my heart, and I sing with joy. God has put a new song in my heart, and I sing with joy. In other words, in a, in a sense, it's your personal mantra, the vibrational pattern of life and love that is in focus as you. One thing we can be sure about, that day will be a good day, a successful day, when you attune yourself in thought and feeling to the singing of the angelic choir within. Remember that angels are God's thoughts. So the angelic choir is the swarm of ideas within that form what I like to call your support group of one. When you declare there's a song in my heart, it's not necessarily a reflection on the good that is manifest in your life, though it may be. Most importantly, it is a reaffirmation and a projection of the eternal song from within. Your singing heart becomes a vibrational pattern that defines your consciousness, which attracts your good to you. So it becomes a powerful technique for effective and successful living. Take a few moments to ask yourself, how would I feel if what I'm working and praying for had already come to pass? Undoubtedly, you'd be singing a song of joy. So in the face of conditions to the contrary, affirm, God has put a new song in my heart, and I sing with joy. And by what we call the law of reversibility, you tend to attract the condition, in fact, in experience. That's something you have to work with to really believe it, but it does work. Carlisle says, every day born into the world dawns like a burst of thunder. You can make of it a dance, a dirge, or a life march, as thou wilt. In classic literature, the dance has been a metaphor for total living, what we're calling the spring in your step. Byron sings, on with the dance, let joy be unconfined. 
At the start of your day, every day, it's important to affirm for yourself something like this. On with the dance. My joy is unconfined. I walk with purpose. I work with confidence. There's a spring in my step. I walk forward in conviction with conviction. Again, form an image of yourself walking jubilantly down the road of life with a spring in your step. And say with feeling, I feel wonderful. I feel wonderful. Feeling is an important key. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you receive them. You shall have them. And it was even without seeing, believe. You create the feeling that you would have if you did experience that which you desire, which will start the process of unfoldment, leading to fulfillment. Or can we coin a new word? Fulfillment. When the feeling wells up within you, you're full of that feeling. It becomes a consciousness. It tends to attract the good to you. There's an expression that comes from a skeptical appraisal of possibilities. Lifting yourself by the bootstraps. Critics of the New Thought process often talk about what they call bootstrap philosophy. The New Thought person tends to indicate that he can lift himself by his own bootstraps. He can change his vibrations and change his life. But in consciousness, it's not only possible, but it's a practical technique to work with, to lift yourself up. For instance, here's a simple motivational technique you can use for yourself. Stand before your mirror, as most, uh, most of us do each morning. Look yourself squarely in the eyes. Say to yourself, you are made to be the greatest. So today, whatever you do, walk tall. If problems come your way, you will stand towering above them. Simply step over them to your desired end. And remember, the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between a real experience and one that is vividly imagined. That's a wow, isn't it? So if you dwell on a problem and continue to picture it before you in vivid detail, it becomes real to the nervous system. You tend to experience all the feelings that go with the failure. If you keep your positive goal in mind, picture it vividly as to make it real, thinking of it as an accomplished fact, and you'll awaken to the support group of your soul, giving rise in your mind to what are called winning feelings, self-confidence, courage, and faith that the outcome will be desirable. If you want to feel sick, act sick, let your shoulders sag, your feet drag, your eyelids droop, Heave a few long sighs. You can almost predict that you'll come down with some popular bug that's going around. <laughs> On the other hand, if you want to feel well, no matter what the experience of your body, you want to feel well, straighten your shoulders, talk with energy about something interesting, have a few hearty laughs, and declare, I feel wonderful. See, the thing is to be ambitious for success and prosperity and to feel inadequate and poor. To desire health and wellness, yet feel weak and afflicted. It will be compared with trying to re reach east by traveling west. You can't do it. 
no matter how diligently you work in prayer and thinking, if you feel less than you desire yourself to be, that feeling will neutralize your efforts. You've got to work on your feeling, your inner perception. Winston Churchill was a remarkably self-motivated man. He had an interesting morning ritual designed to get his spirits up. You have it on good authority this is what he did, though I can't vouch for it. He would turn up some sprightly marching music on the radio, with a hat rakishly set on the side of his head, with a walking stick over his shoulder. He would march around the room for 215 minutes. Don't try it with the windows open. <laughs> it's amazing how it works. You could affirm for yourself, as many folks do, I'm alive, alert, awake, joyous, and enthusiastic about this day. Take a walk around the block in that consciousness. Actually, with a spring in your step, you may not feel like it, but decide that you're going to feel like it. Act, go through the motions. Act as if it were so. Lift up your feet with a spring. Walk with the balls of your feet. And assume the feeling you'll experience the corresponding full feeling. Let me say again, as we carry this out of proper context, the act as if technique can become a lure into experience of sham and artificiality. But it's completely valid when it deals with the releasement of your inner power that is constant. For instance, you may act as if you're a spiritual being, because that's what you are. All the time, not just when you're acting like it. You may act as if you're full of love. And that's the truth about you. You are truly a loveful creature. You may not be responding to it or releasing it. You're a loveful creature. You may act as if you're happy because there's a bubbling forth of joy at the heart of you. There's a joy potential that's always yours even if you don't let it express, waiting for you to flame up and shine. You may act as if you're prosperous because you're one with God's all-sufficiency of all things. You can begin to experience that prosperity and you get into the consciousness of it. Act as if it were true. Act as if you're rich. You see, when you're knowing the truth, you're not acting. You're not putting on a mask. But actually, as we said, you're removing the mask of human consciousness. So the affirmations and statements of truth are true of you, which is why you're affirming them. You do not become true because you affirm them or because you act apart. It's a very subtle thing, but a very important thing to know. I bet my promise that you can go away from here with a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and a spring in your step. Let's accept the blessing. Let's close our eyes now. What we've been talking about is the outer manifestation, the inner feeling. So it's not Pollyanna. It's just a lot of play on words dealing with the depth of you. For a moment, enter the chamber of image you within. Jesus called it the inner chamber. We you pray to your Father in secret. And the secret is, when you really go within, you're one with the Father and there's nowhere else to go. There's something powerful to know. Is that you're a focus of all there is in God. All life, all love, all substance, all creativity, all peace are where you are. For God is where you are. The whole of God, 
present in his entirety at every point in space, present at the center of you. In this infinite resource, let yourself feel alive and vital and creative and loved and loving. As the poet says, God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. Just rest for a moment in the consciousness you're in the presence of God. The allness of the infinite is expressing in you and radiating through you. Now feel the smile creeping up on your face. Feel the corner of your mouth turned up. Feel the radiance of that joy, potential, flowing through your being. Listen for a moment. And feel the song singing itself in your heart. Give thanks that God is putting a new song in your heart. Commit yourself to singing with joy. Feel yourself walking with a spring in your step. Envision yourself doing just that as you leave this place. Feel good about taking charge of your life, rejecting the belief that people or conditions can determine how you think and feel and act. Feel good about your new commitment to regularly stir up the gift of God within you and rekindle the flame of the Spirit within. And again, see yourself in the imagination going forth from this place today, truly with a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and spring in your step. See yourself going through this day, experiencing the full feeling of this consciousness, feeling of oneness, feeling of victory. So there's a smile on your face, a song in your heart, the spring in your step through this day, through all the days to come, as long as you can keep the commitment. Rejoice in it. Give thanks for it. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So be it.